Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Dancers Doing Stuff. Happy New Year. It is 2021. I hope you're feeling very energized and excited, um, even though you can literally make a change and make a resolution any day. There's just that good energy in the air. I think people are just excited that 2020 is behind us, and hopefully that means we can move forward and have some really awesome things happen um, this coming year. Uh, so this is also the last week of The Artist's Way, which um, it lined up kind of perfectly. So this is week 12, and I'll just read um, the little summary for week 12. So it says, in this final week, we acknowledge the inherently mysterious spiritual heart of creativity. We address the fact that creativity requires receptivity and profound trust capacities we have developed through our work in this course. We set our creative aims and take a, spe a special look at last-minute sabotage. We renew our commitment to the use of the tools. Um, so yeah, I can't believe that this is the final week. It, I, I know it's been like 12 weeks. That seems crazy, um, which yeah, I guess that was like October. Is that that's when we started this. So very cool. If you've been doing this with me or just listening along, um, I hope you got something out of it. Um, I'll talk about my full experiences and, you know, moving forward at the end once I go through all the little sections for this chapter. But um, for now, let's just get into each little section. Okay, so the first section of this chapter was titled Trusting. Um, and she says, creativity requires faith. Faith requires that we relinquish control. Um, so she talked about resisting our creativity is a form of self-destruction. And when we put roadblocks in our path, um, that's kind of how we create an illusion of control. Um, and we all have an inner dream that can only happen if we have the courage to admit what it is in the first place. Um, we have to trust our own inner guide. I'm sure you've heard that, trust your gut. Um, so she is a supporter of that idea as well. Um, and basically she talked about how our culture tells us that they value production, produ productivity. Wow, that was a hard word for me to say. Um, and like being productive, being dutiful, and then we die. <laughs> so that's that was kind of dark, but um, it is true. It's like, you know, you work till you die in America, and, and a lot of times you're not really set up uh, for much else, uh, and you don't really have time to enjoy it. So it's something that I really don't like about our, our culture. So um, she kind of talked about that a little bit, and she said, we're really meant to be bountiful and live. Um, follow your bliss and doors will open where there were no doors before. That's a quote from Joseph Campbell. Um, and she says, it is the inner commitment to be true to ourselves and follow our dreams that triggers the support of the universe. Um, an internal yes will trigger the universe to mirror your goals and desires. So basically, I guess I took from that like, you got to believe 
that what you want, you got to know what you want <laughs> before you, you try and manifest it. I feel like that's been something that we talk about and, you know, just really committing to yourself on the inside, um, that you're, you're doing something and you'll start to see things happen. I guess that's the kind of synchronicity that she's talked about in a few other chapters. Um, and so she writes, there's a path for each of us. When we are on our right path, we have a sure footedness. We know the next right action, although not necessarily what it is just around the bend. By trusting, we learn to trust. So that was really awesome. The next section was titled Mystery. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> um, so she talks about how creativity begins in darkness. Insights might come to us in flashes. Um, some might be blinding, uh, bright ideas, uh, you know, but sometimes ideas that end up being bright need time to grow um, and they start out as little dim lights and you can keep growing them until they're they're bright. It doesn't always have to be a big flash right away. Um, and so she says ideas can sometimes be called brain children. So we can't drag them from the womb too early, um, which was a horrific image, but it does make sense in concept. You know, like you want to wait for your idea to hatch, uh, to let things happen organically. Um, and she says the creative process is a process of surrender, not control. Let your ideas grow in mystery and in the dark. Trust the slow drips and one day it'll turn into a flash of that's it. Um, yeah, so basically just don't don't push yourself too hard, I guess. I mean, <laughs> obviously you need to do the work, but don't like feel like something. I think something that I also... Uh, you know, think about is that just because it's not like fully formed and fully perfect when you first have that idea doesn't mean that it's not going to get to be to a place that's like really great and powerful and meaningful, um, you know, because it has to start every, every, everything has to start somewhere. That's what I'm trying to say. So I like that. So the next section was titled The Imagination at Play. And she starts it off with the sentence, when we think about creativity, it is all too easy to think art with a capital A. We are an ambitious society and it is often difficult for us to cultivate forms of creativity that do not directly serve us and our career goals. And then she starts talking about hobbies. You know, she says the experience of creative living argues that hobbies are in fact essential to the joyful life, which is something that I am all about. If you have listened to any other episodes, you would know that I am a big supporter of just fun little hobbies and crafting and yeah, crafting is, is my hobby. So, I mean, there's obviously a lot of different ones, but um, she goes on to say, you know, many hobbies involve a form of artist brain mulling that leads to enormous creative breakthroughs. So kind of like when you're using your brain, but not in like a serious way, I guess, it leaves your, you know, brain open to kind of come up with other ideas. Um, and she also says there's spiritual benefits that accompany practicing a hobby it frees us from our demands and our ego's demands, um, you know, that we might be going through. Um, and she also says, it's the paradox of creative recovery that we must get serious about taking ourselves lightly. We must work at learning to play. Um, and that's been a, such a common theme throughout this whole process with the, the plate, not the play dates, but the artist dates and, and, you know, 
just really some of the tasks and just trying fun things. So I think that that's been really awesome during these 12 weeks. Um, and so she also says a lot of the time we want to do something, but we think it needs to be done. It needs to be the right something, by which we mean something important. And we are what's important. Um, and something that we do can be something festive and small. So like it's basically it's it's not about – what you make and doesn't have to be some big thing. You yourself just being is important enough um, to mean something to the world. And so, you know, it you can do something really small. It doesn't even have to be good. Just, uh, you know, just do something basically. Nike, just do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she says, you're either losing your mind or gaining your soul. Life is meant to be an artist state. That's why we were created. Um, and she said that after talking about how, you know, she was describing like a day where someone who like might be fully in artistic recovery is like going here and going there and making this and going to the museum and doing this and doing that. And it's like, you feel like, oh my gosh, I'm doing all these crazy things. But um, sometimes stepping out of it, you're gaining something else, I guess. Okay, so the last section ever of this book um, is titled Escape Velocity. Um, so she starts it off by talking about the test. Um, and that's when you reach escape velocity, that's when you get thrown the test. Um, this is something that one of her friends talked to her about. And basically an example of that is like, you're about to quit your horrible job, you know, you've mustered up the courage, and then you get a promotion, or you're about to leave a toxic relationship, and somehow they just know and they start to treat you better, or, you know, you're about to marry Mr. Right and the nice guy and the perfect guy, and then this, like, you know, Mr. Poison, she calls it, like, calls you up from your past, and, like, you know, she says, don't be fooled, um, and especially because a little flattery can go a long way towards deterring our escape velocity. And so can a little cash. So like escape velocity is kind of like when you're about to just take off and like, you know, go for it, do something. Um, so she says, you know, the voices of our nearest and dearest um, sometimes expressing a well-placed doubt, they might try to say, you know, oh, I just wanted to make sure that you thought this through or, or things like, you know, oh, but like for your own good, you should, you should do that. Um, so, so that's another thing that she talks about. Like sometimes the test is that we actually blurt out our, you know, our ideas. And sometimes the ideas that aren't fully formed to people in our, in our circle, our friends, um, but those might be your most skeptical friends. So like when you just blurt out what you want to do with something and and it's like kind of, she calls these your wet blanket friends, the kind of people who aren't always really supportive and, and you know, they might not be the people that you want to tell, you know, your little mysterious fledgling idea to. Um, and so she says this is also the test. Like when all of a sudden you just blurt out your idea um, to someone who is one of your wet blanket friends. Um, and she says, always remember the first rule of magic is self-containment. You must hold on to your intention with yourself, stroking it with power. Only then will you be able to manifest what you desire. Um, 
And so that kind of made me think of like birthday candles and just like making wishes. And you know how they always say like, don't tell your, don't tell your wish to anyone or it won't come true, which like, I think obviously it's good to tell some people your dreams and your wishes, if, especially if they can kind of help you get there. But I think there is something to say for like keeping things inside and, and working on them yourself. Like not everyone needs to know all your business and everything you're working on. Um, and then eventually if, if, if it's for them to find out about, then you can share it when it's, you know, fully done and you're, you're happy with it in, in that process. Um, and so she gave an, uh, an activity for, for determining your wet blanket friends, I guess. Um, and she says, make a list of friends who support you and then make another list of friends who, you know, don't support you. And those are basically your wet blanket friends. She then goes on to say, do not indulge or tolerate anyone who throws cold water in your direction. It doesn't matter if they had good intentions. Set your goals and set your boundaries. Set your sights and don't let the ogre that looms on the horizon deflect your flight. Um, and that was kind of like the last little part that she talked about. So I... I really like that. It's, you know, um, setting boundaries is something that I've been working on uh, even before I I started this journey, and I think it's just been a common theme, at least in 2020 for me, um, with just reflecting and and you know learning about boundaries and learning about codependency and detachment and all of these things. It's kind of I guess this is like synchronicity uh, when she says you know look for moments of that where these words have just been coming up a lot for me. So maybe that means I really need to hear them, but I don't know about you guys. Um, I'd obviously love to hear, um, what you guys have thought of this process and listening to these episodes and, and these chapters. And I'd love to know if you, if you went along with me and did it, or maybe you'll do it, uh, somewhere down the line. But, um, that kind of brings us to the tasks. These are the last tasks of the artist's way. Um, so the first one was write down any resistance, anger, or fears about going on from here. Um, and then number two, take a look at your procrastination. Um, and what are the payoffs in waiting in that? So these are just kind of like journaling prompts. Um, and then she says, number three, read the week one core negative beliefs. So that's on page 30 to 31. If you're, uh, you have the book um, and then note your progress and she says like laugh at them because they're just like silly core negative beliefs but you know they're really common um, and so then she also says read the affirmations on page 36 and 37 and then write some affirmations about your continued creativity as you end the course um, and I'll read you some from the list that I just like pulled out again um, and then I wrote some more for myself that I'll keep to myself because as she says we don't need to share everything but the ones from the book that I plucked out and rewrote down um where I am willing to use my creative talents. There is a divine plan of goodness for me. My creativity leads me to forgiveness and self-forgiveness. And my creativity always leads me to truth and love. So then number four, uh, this is kind of an ominous task. It said, mend any mending. So I wasn't sure if that meant like, you know, fix something physically that's broken in my house or like emotionally mend something with yourself or, you know, mend anything with other people. And I don't know, it was a very, uh, 
mysterious uh, task, but I did clean a lot and I think it kind of fits with, you know, new year, um, you know, kind of closing the door on some things and just really trying to do some reflection. So I think it could be taken anyway. And I'm trying to like, you know, mend everything. I mend it all, I guess. (laughs) Um, And then number five was repot any pinched or languishing plants, which I don't have any house plants. So I'm the worst millennial ever. Um, I do want to get plants. So side note, message me if you know anything about plants, because I would love to have some house plants for 2021 and preferably ones that I won't kill within the first week of having them. Um, so number six is kind of connected with number, I mean, number seven is kind of connected with number eight. So she says, oh no, it was number six. I can't read. Number six is select a God jar, or for me, I called it a universe jar. Um, And so she says, buy a jar where you can put your fears, resentments, hopes, dreams, and worries into. So like, for me, I took that as like writing them out on a piece of paper and putting them in like an actual jar. Um, And then she says, now use that jar and with each fear, remind yourself it's in the jar and say, you know, God's got it. Or for me, like, okay, the universe has this and then take the next action. So that's something that I haven't actually um, gone and gotten my jar yet. I did go to paper source today and I was hoping to find some like little trinkets. And of course, like I wanted to make it a big thing, but I think you can obviously just like take a mason jar or even like a box or a cup or anything and just write out those things and put them in the jar and say, you know what? I'm good. I don't have to hold on to this worry. I don't have to hold on to this, even this dream. Like I've put it out there and I think that I really like that. So I'm definitely going to do that one, even though I haven't done it yet. Um, And then number eight is another prompt for writing. And she says, honestly, what would you most like to create? And then what oddball paths would you dare to try? And what appearances are you willing to shed to pursue your dream? Um, So that was just another journaling prompt that I wrote down some stuff for. And then task nine is list five people you can talk to about your dreams and who you feel supported to dream and then plan with. Um, So I wrote down five awesome friends. And then the last, the last task uh, was reread this book, which made me laugh. Um, So obviously I have not done that task yet, but you know, she says, share it with people and you know, yeah, I I can't believe that that's the last task. Okay. So what are my thoughts on this whole artist way journey? Um, Would I recommend it for someone? Um, Yeah, I think I would. Um, I think it also, for me, I was thinking while I was doing it, I was like, you know what, a lot of this book, I think if you feel like you need to do this book, you probably also need to be in therapy. And I think also just like everyone needs to be in therapy. I think that normalizing mental health is something that I think uh, should be done more often. So I'm a big supporter of, of doing that and, you know, even if it's like something like BetterHelp where you can go online. I'm sure if you listen to podcasts, you've probably heard an advertisement for BetterHelp. I do not have a sponsorship for BetterHelp because I'm pretty sure there's only like 16 of you out there who listen. But I think that, you know, that was something that just kept coming up for me in the 
in the book because I was like, oh, wow, like these are some (laughs) – like the way that she's talking about some of these things, like relating them to art, I think also like just these things you might need a therapist to help you deal with. Um, And I also think that – I think it would be really beneficial if you are like in an office job or in – Um, something that's like totally not creative. I got a lot out of this book, even though I am in a creative industry and I still, you know, I get to dance all the time. I get to do all these things. I mean, during this pandemic, not so much. So I think it definitely helped me a lot. I don't know if I would have really been as engaged if it wasn't this pandemic and I was dancing every day like normal. Um, But I definitely got so much out of it. And I think Part of it, you know, I was kind of stressed a little bit from some of the things. Like, obviously, it takes up a lot of time to read. And then I gave myself the extra task of going through every chapter after I've read it to write notes and then record this podcast. So, obviously, if you're just doing it for yourself and you're not, like, sharing a big amount of it, I think it's definitely more manageable. Um, And, yeah, am I going to do morning pages for the rest of my life? I don't think I'm going to do morning pages. And I know that that is like horrific. I do think I will still journal every day because I do have a bullet journal and I like to have just a little section per each day. Um, For this, I was only doing two pages, not three of my notebook, mostly because I just could not use so many notebooks. Um, it takes up a lot of paper. Um, but I do really like the idea of doing a check-in and doing a brain dump every day. Um, I don't think I'll do it as intensely as, you know, filling two full pages of my notebook. But I also had this idea where, um, someone actually who I know posted today, just a freestyle video and she called it a movement journal. Um, and so I've been trying to figure out, you know, how I can have like the best morning routine. That's been something that I've just been thinking about. So I think I want to incorporate kind of like a movement journal into my life. So kind of like morning pages, but with dance, because I've gotten really disconnected from dance during this pandemic. And, you know, I don't know about you guys if you're dancers, but it's just, it's been really hard, obviously, to even just taking Zoom classes and the timing and dancing in your living room. It just doesn't feel the same. Um, And I'm really lucky right now, at least for the rest of this month, I have an empty room in my apartment. So I think I want to make it a challenge for myself to every morning after I've done, you know, like whatever other morning routine things that I'm, I'm still thinking about. Um, I think it would be really cool to just challenge myself to every morning just put on one song and just move my body. And I think that that would be really helpful for me to just like release whatever I need to release because for me dance is like therapy um, and just having that free time and, you know, like she says, like, creating just to create, like playing just to play. And no one has to see it. Maybe I'll film it. I don't know. And and share a compilation or something. But I think that just reconnecting with my body in terms of being a mover is something that 
I think I'm excited to do. And that's kind of stems from morning pages. Um, and then like the artist date, I, I kind of do that every week with the podcast. When I talk to my friends, obviously you're supposed to do your artist date alone, um, which I still think I'll do. I mean, this past week I made some candles just for fun and I gave them to my neighbors and tried them out in my living room. Um, so that's something that I always do, but I think it would be helpful to really like schedule it in. Um, but yeah, I think I maybe I'll come back to this book one day and, and redo it. I think I've heard that you get a lot of different stuff out of it. I've super marked up this one, so it would be fun to go back and then I guess I'd have to use like different color highlighters to see if I wanted to highlight the same parts or make notes in the margins with a different color. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just I think that this was really a good experience and I would recommend it for someone, especially someone who might be feeling like they're not really creative and they're they're kind of stuck and don't know where to begin. I definitely have so many ideas of things I want to do and now it's kind of like I have to just take the action. <laughs> so I have to just do it. Um, but yeah, I think this was really awesome and obviously these mini episodes weren't really that many. Um, so now that we're kind of done with this, the mini episodes will definitely be more mini every Sunday. Um, and I have some fun ideas for challenges for you guys. And it won't be like 10 different tasks um, that if anyone did any of these tasks. Um, but yeah, other than that, um, soon we're going to be starting back up the actual season two. This is kind of like a in-between seasons because I guess I already put out the season finale episode and the first interview is I guess going to be the first season two so maybe this is like a bonus season one uh, the 1.5 or something like that but I have a lot of really awesome guests lined up and if anyone out there would like to be a guest uh, email me at essentiallyhaley at gmail.com make sure that you subscribe and rate this podcast share it with your friends and your mom and you know follow the Instagram dancers doing stuff and subscribe to the YouTube channel, Essentially Haley. I know there's so many things. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited for 2021. And I will talk to you guys soon. Have a great day. If anyone out there is looking to start a podcast but doesn't know where to begin, I have a great tip for you. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's actually what I'm using right now. Anchor is free to use and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. They distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a ton of other places. Another cool thing is you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a podcast is right in one place. Seriously, it's so easy. My first ever episode I recorded sitting in my closet talking to my phone in the dark. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started.